Mia Vitfitzgaud, listen to the art of science. Hello and welcome to the podcast represented by Miavit. Miavit stands for high quality, innovative and profitable special products, premixes and liquids. In our first five episodes, we talked to an expert about toxins and how do they harm our farm animals. In our first episode, we asked the question, moles or mycotoxins, what makes our animals sick and leads to high economic losses in livestock farming. We will talk about this topic with Dr. Simone Schaumberger. As a veterinarian, she advises and assists farmers who are interested in organic farming. Her focus is on complementary medicine and feeding as well as planning of barn construction and market monitoring. As a group leader for research and development, she planned and implemented feeding experiments as well as laboratory tests to find new feed additives and to make basic research in the field of endotoxins. She was author and co-author of numerous peer-reviewed papers And as the lead of project management R&D, she did further research in the field of endotoxins. She has a tremendous wheels of practical experience from vet medicine, and we are very pleased to talk to an expert in animal heels. Welcome, Dr. Simone Schaumberger. The title of our first episode is Moles or Mycotoxins, what makes our animals sick and leads to high economic losses in livestock performance. So far the title. So now let's start with the basics. Dr. Schaumberger, what is the difference between moles and mycotoxins? Yeah, this is a good question at the beginning because it's mixed up very often. Moles, per definition, is a group of fungi. And the mycotoxins are the secondary metabolites produced by the fungi. So generally spoken, you can say that the mold is what you see growing. It's the growing fungi. And they can have different colors. Sometimes they look white and fluffy or they look pink. And sometimes also a little bit disgusting. Mm -hmm. And uh, one genus of fungi can produce several different mycotoxins. And these mycotoxins are the toxic components which you do not see, you do not smell or taste in normal cases. The toc um, and this is the toxic substances which lead to the health problems and uh, normally decrease the performance in the animals. So mycotoxins are produced in all cultural commodities worldwide. So you cannot say, uh, in my country, I don't have mycotoxins. You might do not have mycotoxins on one field, but there might be a lot on the other one. And the production of the mycotoxins depends on different parameters, like the temperature, the relative humidity, and the insect attacks and the stress condition of the plants. So we start already on the field with the mycotoxin product. And the biggest challenge uh, of all is that the mycotoxins are very resistant to temperature. So heating up your uh, commodities is not the key to kill them because they are also very resistant to chemicals and acids. And this should really be considered when you suggest only to physically treat your feed commodities uh, while harvesting. Mm 
because this might not lower your mycotoxin contamination. Which mycotoxin should we pay particular attention to? Usually five or six mycotoxins are in the focus. Is that enough? Um, before that, we have to understand uh, where mycotoxins come from. And we have to go one step uh, back on the field, as I mentioned before. The fungus, for example, a fusarium, which is a well-known one, can affect the plant in an early stage. And it increases as the plant grows. So the more fungi you have, the more mycotoxin is produced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if the fungi grows, also the level of toxins increases. And during harvest, both the amount of fungus and the le uh, mycotoxin level is stable. So while the fungi is growing, mycotoxins increase. You do the harvest, you stop the fungi growing, mycotoxins uh, stay there. But the other important thing, also during storage, the mycotoxin amount might increase because there is other, um, other fungi which can uh, cause a problem there because sometimes you have wet storage conditions and then another fungi starts growing and producing different kind of mycotoxins. As I said before, one fungi can produce many different mycotoxins. But there's a way to control them. Um, one thing to control them is uh, using mold inhibitors, which is uh, highly to be recommended as it stops the fungi growing. But still, if you start using the mold inhibitor on a later stage during storage, you still have the mycotoxins there from uh, the field um, uh, the ones which already appeared on the field. And uh, we know that 95% of mycotoxins produced in feed are typically already start in the field. So you ask me if it's enough that we have five to six uh, mycotoxins in consideration. Uh, generally spoken, yes. But let me come later on that, that it might not be not enough when we really start having problems. So, for example, uh, as I mentioned before, the fusarium uh, already produces many, many different mycotoxins. On the end, a big group the fusarium fungi is producing is the trichotesins. With the trichotesins, it's included the deoxynivalenol or DON. Mm -hmm. which I would say is one of the most famous ones uh, under the mycotoxins. But mm -hmm. also um, the so-called T2 toxin is mm -hmm. part of the strycotesins group. Um, the T2 toxin is even more toxic than the deoxynivalenol. And here we would already have two uh, from one group. But fusarium, a very intelligent fungi, also produces uh, serralinon and uh, fumonisins. Fumonisins, uh, we might talk later a little bit about that, uh, is a fungi, uh, a mycotoxin, which uh, is mainly in southern regions or w with hot climate occurring. So when I count right, we have four? 
so we already have four different mycotoxins and uh, some farmers know the ergot alkaloids because they know the black sclerotia, which they found in their cereals. Uh, this is very obvious, but uh, ergot alkaloids are getting less. There is some in Asia still uh, occurring, but um, it's not so the, the one of the major ones, but you have to consider them. And another mycotoxin, when we talk about the major ones, is ochratoxin A. Ochratoxin A is... Uh, um is the, uh is 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 bad for the liver uh for the kidneys and this is maybe sometimes forgotten because it's not so common because normally we only talk about deoxynivalenol and seralenol and fumonisins but uh with the big groups you should also consider uh other ones and uh even only we are talking now about a few mycotoxins. Uh, it was already shown 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that the severity of one mycotoxin can already be increased by one another. Do you have an example for this? So, for example, uh, it was shown that uh, deoxynivalenol in pigs and some uh, fumonisins or sierralenon in the diet have a synergistic effect. So that means this means that the by adding one to one, you have a sum of three to four in severity. So synergistic effects are only need a few mycotoxins, but we know that there is more behind. Mm -hmm. uh, And although those few mycotoxins already cause big issues, in the meantime, with increasing know-how and improved testing methods, we know that there is already over 1,000 mycotoxins, including their metabolites, their mast forms, and so-called emerging mycotoxins. I think this is a number which, wow, You really have to to think about 1,000. So, but as I always say, all what you are testing for, you will find it. So true. <laughs> um, and it could be shown that uh, in some research of different labs and uh, that an average uh, feed commodity has up to 20 to 30 of these mycotoxins and metabolites in the feed. So this is when we know that one by one is already four. Imagine you have 30 different things there and their interactions in the animal. So uh, this can be quite, um, I would say, frightening when you know more You, you can understand more. Um, but we still have to learn a lot what uh, these mycotoxins, this all, uh, especially these new mycotoxins, has impact on animal health. So it's step by step that research finds out on their interactions and impacts on health. So, yeah, it's quite a complex issue, I would say. Mm -hmm. And 
one thing I hope this is okay. I want uh, for sure, for sure. to, to mm -hmm. mention is uh, this new metabolites, which is now can be detected with new methods, the mast mycotoxins. Uh, because um, sometimes we would underestimate what does this mean? What is a mast mycotoxin? And I want to give you a short example on that. Uh, a mask mycotoxin is a very intelligent because the fungus, as I said, infects the plant and, for example, produces dioxinivalenol. It's a normal way of going. But the defense mechanism of the plant wants to protect itself. So the plant protects itself and conjugates a sugar to the mycotoxin, to the dioxinivalenol. And now you have a new masked form, the so-called Don-T2-glucoside. Uh, so this form cannot be uh, detected with a conventional method, mm -hmm. but if the animal digests this masked form, the sugar is cleaved in the gut and the deoxynivalenol is released again. So suddenly you have uh, not only the deoxynivalenol, which might be quite low in your um, feet, but you also have the mast form, which is released. And suddenly you have a higher dosage uh, uh, as a bioavailable toxin. And uh, in some study investigation, it was already shown that the mask metabolite of DON is as high as the DON contamination in feet, which means you have a much higher dosage in the animals. So, and this could really explain a lot of non-explainable diseases or health issues. And to sum up, the occurrence of mycotoxins alone and in the combination, so really represents a risks in animal. And as I said before, there is still much more studies and investigations uh, are necessary to understand the potential effects of these compounds. Uh, as we have the synergistic effect, as we have the hidden effects, and uh, we have the, an increasing amount uh, in the in the feed ratio, uh, ratio uh, fed to the animals. Uh, yes, I would say this is some of the major points which mm -hmm. I would suggest is important uh, when you talking about the number of mycotoxins. So there are raw materials that are particularly susceptible to a mycotoxins contamination. Is this different around the world? Um, um, let me put it like that. The Food and uh, Agricultural Organization estimates that 25% of the world production of cereals mm -hmm. and the resulting food and feed is contaminated with mycotoxin-producing fungi. As I mentioned before, all agricultural commodities can be contaminated uh, with uh, mycotoxins. Uh, 
but uh, most often it's mainly talked about corn and different silages because here you have uh, also the the humidity of the feed and you have to consider where you have humidity, where you have some, um, how do you say, when it's still a little bit wet, you, you can also have um, the fungi produced during storage. But uh, all in all, it can be everywhere. It was shown that it's for, this is more for human um, um, feeding now. Uh, you can have it in, in, in beer, a lot of oh. uh, Beer has high levels of mycotoxins, so it's not only our animals who should be considered off when we talk on mycotoxins. Um, and yes, there is a difference in the occurrence, but uh, this is more on uh, a really regions. As I mentioned before, the production depends on the weather, the humidity, and the condition of the plant. Uh, and for example, with increasing temperatures the last year within middle Europe, uh, we could see that in former times we mainly had deoxynivalenol and seralenon. Now we see an increase in fumonisins, and fumonisins are normally uh, only produced in fungi in hot climates. So there is a little bit of, of, of change uh, occurring. And it was said that deoxynivalenol is more for northern regions, a typical mycotoxin. Uh, but now we also see more and more or higher levels in, uh, in the south or in Asia, Asian regions. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Difficult word. <laughs> <laughs> but still we can say that uh, fumonisins, deoxynivalenol and seralenon most prevalent in the European regions mm -hmm. and uh, which is comparable with the North America and we see that in Asia still aflatoxins T2 toxins and ochratoxins show high risk levels uh, whereas in South America which is also a, a hotter climate reason, uh, fusarium mycotoxins are the major threat. So it's, um, we know they can be everywhere, but we can not say yet which is the, the major, major threat because it's changing, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. Okay, so how do you assess the impact of climate change on the occurrence of mycotoxins? Uh, this is a good question. Um, I would say, but this is from my point of view, we have a very high impact of climate change mm -hmm. in the occurrence of mycotoxins. As we were talking in the beginning, the production of mycotoxins starts in the field depending of the uh, condition of the plant during growth. So if we, for example, in Austria, in, in we, our winters uh, are delayed. 
So sometimes plants start growing and then they get frozen. So they get more easily to be uh, attacked by a fungus. We have changes in the, we have more insects on, on the field. Some plants are resistant or a lot of amount of um, insect insecticides are used. And therefore, we, we have a change. So when we consider we have more droughts or floods, plants are more challenged. And then it's a clear consequence that the fungus can grow and the mycotoxins can produce. And uh, one way some companies are going is to start growing cereals which are more resistant to uh, weather, to, uh, to insects, but this might result in lower harvest amounts and we will see where this is uh, all going but uh, we should consider that the weather is one important part for our cereals for our commodities to grow and when the weather is changing the the growing or the the harvest is changing mm -hmm. and uh yeah we will see how we find our way through it, but we stay positive and we know research is going on. Yeah, perfect. Sounds great. And um, for this moment, this was uh, this were our first four questions to you. It was really, really nice to talk to you. Very interesting. Thank you very much for your Thank time. You. Dr. Thank you. Dr. Simone Schaumberger, thank you very much. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Dear audience, this was our first episode of the Miavit podcast, Feed Scout, Listen to the Art of Science. Thank you very much for your attention. We can already reveal what the topic of the second episode is. Management of the mycotoxin challenge. How to recognize the mycotoxin signs in poultry. We look forward to having you join us then again. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us.